So imagine anything that feels overwhelming in your life and going, God wants to be doing that with you. Again, it's I, what I, I love taking these truths we've known, who God's faithful, he's present with you always, he hasn't left you, spirit lives within you, these things we already know and going, I don't just want to hear it. To hear it is to believe it. I want to I want to receive these truths and then open yourself to them. It's been changing my life because, not because it gets easier, but because I get to see what the Holy Spirit's doing through it. Yeah. And he'll use all of it. Whether or not he caused it or allowed, he uses all of it. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Well, welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is Chad, and I am privileged today to be sitting with our friend, Megan Fate Marshman. Hi, Megan. Hello. Good to have you today. Good to be on the podcast. Thank you so much for speaking this past weekend. If you did not hear Megan's sermon, then I want to encourage you to do yourself a favor and listen to it because I believe God was speaking through Megan in her talk this past past weekend. We're talking about hearing God, and you really talked a lot this past weekend about trusting God in difficult times, and you are right in a season of difficulty. And I so appreciated your vulnerability and your and your honesty. Yeah. It seems like uh, even as I'm listening to him going it's so f- those ideas overlap more than I would have thought. So hearing God and trusting God because I I, I got to teach on some pretty famous passages, stuff we likely a lot of us have heard before. We've heard from God these words before. Yeah. But there's a difference between just hearing it and trusting it, which is the next step, which is saying, I don't just he- I don't just hear you, I believe you, and I'm ready to live like it's true because it is. Yeah. So it's it's just taking that hearing and taking it to the next level. One of the things that that you did and the way that you approached what you shared. So Jeremiah twenty nine eleven was in there. Mm-hmm. If you're not a church person and you don't know that verse, you can look it up. But if you've been to church for 15 minutes, you've heard this verse before. Your grandma has it stitched in a pillow somewhere at her house. <laughs> but you didn't start with verse 11. Mm-mm. You started with, I believe I'm right, it's verse 13. Correct. Because the promise, I think we've been holding on to 11 as a promise for us when, truth be told, the people who God was speaking to were in a different scenario. And so that's not the promise for us. While he knows the plans, that's a timeless truth. The promise is not that we're not going to go through hard things and that we're just going to be prospered. And again, our Americanized definition of it, the promise that we can count on is two verses later. So I decided to start there so we could adjust our expectations. So it's not to start at that God knows the plans. It's to start at, if you seek him, you'll find him. And by the way, that is the plan. Now let's talk about the plan. Yeah. So if you're unfamiliar with the passage, it's this famous verse. I know the plans I have for you to prosper you and all this good stuff, but you went right to, just to clarify for everybody, you went right to 13. You seek me, you will find me. That God is the promise. God is the thing that we're, we're wanting. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just going to dive right in here. Deal. If that's all right. Mm-hmm. Megan and I were just talking before we started recording about how God grows us in our in our pain. We read a verse like Jeremiah 29, 11. We, we get it stitched into a pillow. Somebody somewhere listening to this has got it tattooed on their body because yep. we love the idea of God prospering us, giving us a hope in our future 
and a future, but it might look a little different than we think. Yes. The hope and the future are absolutely there, and that is another timeless truth we could pull out. Um, but uh, here's the fun, funny is not even the right word. I wrote a book on Jeremiah 29, 11 before I went through the hardest thing I've ever been through. I've been through hard things, but I wrote a book before. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. I wrote a book on, and I outlined a lot of these, and I really went in depth on 29, 11, 12, 13, 14 but then gave the whole context of it in Jeremiah 29. I wrote about trusting God before I knew I needed to, to the depth of me. So I knew that we should trust God. I didn't practically always know how to, but God prepared me for the hardest season of my life, which I shared in the sermon. If you haven't heard, we'll have to share it again. But um, I didn't know I would need those words going into the season. So he was writing that in me before I knew I needed it. Yeah. Which is nuts. So you're preaching on God's plans, prosper us, hope in a future. The plan is we'll we'll find God mm-hmm. if we if we seek Him. That's that's the promise there. Last time you were with us was January, January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, over a, a year ago. Yeah. No. This past January, seven months ago. Yeah. And then just a few weeks later, uh, your husband graduated to go be with Jesus. Yeah. And that's the trial that you're in. Um, and I asked Megan's permission to talk yeah, about this. Not so, just a jerk. So here we go. Yeah, I'm not just a total jerk. I, no. I got permission first. Yeah. Um, remind me again how old your kids are. Five and two. Five and two. And this was a so last time we were here was January, and it was our last little trip we took as a family, and we were traveling. At that time, it was just, I mean, with COVID, we were just getting back into the swing. So we had done multiple trips as a family, which we used to do pre-COVID every week. And we had done a couple, and it was kind of getting back into the swing of that as, so the, again, this, where I was here was our last family trip before yeah. my husband went to be with Jesus. And you you preached last time you were with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you spoke on going through trials. Mm-hmm. And then just a few weeks later, you went through the biggest trial of your life. Yeah. It's like, God, I can say confidently he's preparing you because he did for me. So he is preparing us at all times. So it is always essential. We don't, I, I, I can imagine people coming to church and going, well, it didn't really meet me where I'm at. Well, it might meet you in the future, so pay attention. Yeah. But he truly yeah. prepared Prepared me in every way. Didn't make it easy. Didn't make it comfortable. Didn't make. Sorry, I'm always on the verge of tears. So that makes sense. Yeah, I'll just pass back to you. Okay. See where you want to go. Okay. Um, I remember you preaching uh, that that weekend, and God spoke to me. I was actually out of town, but of course we watched and and listened. And you talked about um, that sermon was on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Mm-hmm. And you, you talked about this, this even if kind of faith, if he doesn't deliver you from the flames, um, even if you go through difficulties that God is, is faithful and, and here we are. Yeah. And the thing that, that caught me when you were, when you were speaking and I was listening just a moment ago, so not January, but now is you made reference to that and, and here you are living it out. Um, 
and God is still, God is still faithful. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, we have to remember, I have to remember faithful to what? Because I think we unconsciously add a lot of things like he's faithful. And sometimes we use that in a circumstance or we're telling a story about, you know, I needed money and then I got a check and God's faithful. If you're saying it like that, then God's faithful to give you money when you need it. I get that we have to be very careful of how, of course, we define that. And so for me, when I say, like, I'm agreeing with you wholeheartedly, it's not that he's faithful, that I wouldn't go through something hard. It's that he's faithful to be present. Here's some promises that he's faithful to be. He's faithful to be exactly who he is at all times. He's faithful to be present and he has not left. He's faithful to be who he is. So who is he? He's powerful. He is a hope giver. I haven't lost hope for my own future, for the future of my boys. And, and I've grieved. <sighs> Sorry. No, it's all right. No, man. I, I think so. There's, there's like a lot of people right now, okay? I can't even complete my thoughts. My it's, it's okay. Yeah, go for it. There, there's a lot of people right now. So, so uh, uh, this, is, this, is, this is the crazy thing. So you're preaching on trusting God and, and you are going through what you're going through. And so somebody right now is going, I'm going through something. Mm-hmm. My life sucks right now. Uh, God's not doing what I want him to do. He hasn't done what I thought he was going to do. He allowed yeah. something that I didn't think was going to happen. Yeah. What does it mean to trust God in those kind of moments? Yeah. Because that's where you are. Yeah. And here's where I want to, I want to clarify. So the whole, we have to figure out what he's faithful. He's faithful to be who he is. And so trusting is so significant, but I have to, I have to tackle something because I think I'm assuming to that person, if they're wondering whether or not God causes things or God allows things, there's this big sovereignty of God debate within Christian circles that I think we have to address. That's a hard one. Did God cause the hard things we're going through or in his sovereignty, did he allow it? And I've sat in rooms with pos- with different pastors who completely debate what this is. In fact, this is a big debate in Christendom, right? And since we have never arrived at a place that we all agree on, part of me wants to unfortunately dodge it as I bring it up to say, well, we may not know the answer to that. And some people want to know the answer to that. And I wish I could give them an answer to that, but I can't. But I do know a third option, which is that God uses hard things. So yeah. I don't know if God made the hard thing happen, made it happen. I know he can use the hard things that happened and clarifying that says, okay, now, now I can trust God in his sovereignty. If, if you get caught up in that debate, you'll be, it will be very difficult. But if you understand the timeless truth again, that I think we can all agree on that he'll use it. Then the next question is beautiful one, which goes, okay, how do you want to use it? Yeah. And when I sit quietly with the Lord, right where I'm at. So sometimes I'm, sometimes I'm okay. Sometimes I am really sad. Sometimes I am, sometimes I'm joyful. Like I'm, I'm all these different places at all these different times. Trusting the Lord is going, I'm just going to open up wherever I'm at and be here with you. I'm trusting that you're there. So again, finding the actual promises in scripture and trusting that he's faithful to be all the things he says that he is faithful to keep all the promises that he promises throughout scripture. I always want to be clear, clear with that because I think we, we use that phrase, God is faithful so easily and flippantly, but I think we use it sometimes in a context which doesn't help someone who's going through a hard time because sure. it's like, he's faithful to what? 
I'll tell you confidently, he is faithful to be exactly who he is, loving, kind, full of justice, merciful, gracious. He is faithful to be that, and he's faithful to keep his promises, which if you've given your life over to Jesus, you can know you truly are not as alone as you feel, and someone needs to know that. And I need, I need them not to just hear it, which is a beautiful series. God does speak. Not just hear it, but trust it. Yeah. I, I think when we— um debate those things, right? We forget life's not a problem to be solved. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a mystery to be lived. And in those moments of difficulty where you ask yourself bluntly, is God really good? Um, Because we want magic Mm -hmm. and God wants trust. I, I think our idea is God's good if he does what I want him to do, when I want him to do it, if he doesn't do what I don't want him to do. And yet God has done allowed whatever it is yeah. in the mystery of it. Yeah. Um, you are where you are and God is using it. I mean, he, he used you this past weekend to speak to thousands of, of people. How is he using it in your life and your heart? I, I know you've you talked about sometimes you're this, sometimes you're that. I, I follow you on Instagram mm-hmm. and you can see that in your Instagram account mm-hmm. and you talk about it. And I'm so appreciated uh, your vulnerability there. Is, is there something you would say, I'm learning this about, about God. Yeah, I would say I, and it's a perfect, now I wish I could go back and say this in the sermon, so good job listening to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> no, I wish we all could learn this, and I wish I've known this my whole life. I just haven't, that I can be right where I'm at. So, and again, if I could, whoever's listening, put your put your circumstance, your life, your feeling right now. So you might be different in 10 minutes, but right now, where are you at in one word? So maybe again, just throwing out, throwing out a couple, anxious, tired, exhausted, happy, fine, content. I don't know where it is, but if you could put that, this it's gonna feel so elementary when I say this, but it's the most profound thing in my life. Now, open it up to the Lord and be there with him. That's what I'm learning to do. So, what I'm, yeah. So what I'm learning not to do is just be that on my own. It's I could be sad on my own. I could be happy on my own. I could do ministry on my own. I could work on my own. I could parent on my own. I could parent. And if you look at my circumstance, it could be very lonely. I am a single mom. Never, never even thought I'd say that phrase. I could. It's very lonely. I walk into church, drop off my kids by myself. It is a very isolating tide. So if I, so what I'm learning is this truth that I've known my whole life, that God's really with me, that the spirit really dwells within me. So I have to discipline myself all the time throughout the day. And I do all the time throughout the day. I go, where am I at right now? Where am I at? Oh man, I am confused. Okay, let me open up my confusion, Lord. What am I confused about? Wow. And here's the things I hear. You're trying to figure it all out. Like you just said, you don't have to. Yeah. Okay, and then you take a breath. Or maybe I'm... God, I'm really sad right now. So I open up my sadness and I'm like, God, I'm really sad. And I imagine he's sad too. Or sometimes in my sadness, he's like, let me remind you of where Jesus is. And that's what comes to mind. It's just to not be in these places all alone is what I'm learning. So I'm learning his promise of his presence is true. Yeah. And that was your sermon. That's why you started with, if you'll seek me, you'll find me. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is, for anybody that's listening right now, no matter where you are, what's going on in your life, whether it's really crappy or whether it's going pretty good, God is there. Yes. And we can open our lives and allow him in. Yes. We, there's the original sin temptation to live autonomously, 
which is even in the faith, it's okay, well, God saved me. That was his job. Now my job is to do my own sanctification. And then I autonomously, with my spiritual disciplines and all of my efforts, have to figure it out on my own. And I don't think it's just in our Christian faith. I think it's in everything we feel, everything we do. Yeah. So I am constantly combating because it's the one lesson I'm learning is you don't have to live autonomously anymore. Yeah. In any, like I am co-parenting with God, the father of these little boys. Not a bad partner. Oh, yeah. It's actually better than any of yours, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. imagine if, so imagine anything that feels overwhelming in your life and going, God wants to be doing that with you. Again, it's I, what I, I love taking these truths we've known, who God's faithful. He's present with you always. He hasn't left you. Spirit lives within you. These things we already know and going, I don't just want to hear it. To hear it is to believe it. I want to, I want to receive these truths. And then open yourself to them. It's been changing my life because, not because it gets easier, but because I get to see what the Holy Spirit's doing through it. Yeah. And he'll use all of it. Whether or not he caused it or allowed, he uses all of it. Yeah. I, uh, looking back over my life, and I, I haven't uh, lost a spouse like you have. And so I'm, I'm not comparing in any way, shape, or form. But I have walked through some painful things. And... um there's there's something about pain that I think pushes us into his presence and to the reality of what you're talking about. Yeah. I think prior to pain, when things are going well, I kind of live sometimes, even as a pastor, this kind of functional atheism. Yeah. Like, I got it. Yeah. It's all good right now. Of course I got it. But here's the reality for all of us. When the plane's going down, everybody prays. <laughs> You know, when the plane's going down, even the guy that says he doesn't believe suddenly throws one up just in case. And I I think there's something about pain where if we'll grow through what we're going through, we understand his presence maybe at a deeper, a deeper level. Yeah. Have you been finding, I mean, God's more real to you in some ways than he was before? Is that? Yeah. I would say prayer is different. Prayer yeah. is my most significant thing. In fact, I was I was at a conference a couple weeks ago, the first time I spoke. So this is only the second time I've spoken since everything. The first time I spoke, I got to the very end. And it was kind of like they gave me an announcement to like send people to the prayer room. And I'm like, okay, so where am I sending them? And I was thinking too often at the end of a sermon, it's like, come down for prayer. If you're really sad and really weak, why don't you come down for prayer? And it's kind of this sad, like, Ma, I need prayer. Like this, this most Has it come thing. to that? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you should pray about it. Times. Oh yeah. no. Has it come to that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like the end. It's only at the end. I mean, end of a rope is, what is it? Is it a Willard uh, quote? The end of your rope. End of your rope is God's address, right? You heard that one? I'm not smart enough to yeah, read it's Willard, all good. so no, it's all good. I'll just go with what you're saying. But I'm at the end, I'm having this moment because prayer is so radically different now. Because I feel like I can be really honest. I know how to be more honest because I think I've been through something that's just so gut-wrenching. I can't hide. I, I can't. I could, but I'm choosing not to anymore. But I'm at the end and I'm like, you know, I'm going to make the announcement to send the kids to the prayer room as much as high school students. And I was like, wait a second. You're not going to the prayer room because you're weak. You're going to the prayer room because it's the greatest source of strength you could ever go to. 
Yeah. It's like you're not walking moping to the prayer room just because you're sad and lonely. You're walking in confidence that that's your greatest form of strength. And so I would say that it's not just at the end of a conference that on Friday night when everyone's a little tired going to the prayer room. No, it is now listening to a podcast. Don't wait till the end to miss out on your greatest form of strength. I think we're all trying to be so strong. So you're right. It's pain that leads us to our greatest strength because finally we're not reaching to ourselves anymore. Yeah. I just, this verse popped in my brain. So I think it's the Holy Spirit. Go for it. So Jesus is praying uh, in the garden. It's John 17. So this is verses two and three. He says, I have come that they may have eternal, eternal life. And then in verse three, he says, now this is eternal life. So he defines it. And eternal life is not about a place. It's about a relationship with a person. He says, now this is eternal life that they may know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And I think there's something um, in the process of pain when you begin to realize his presence to your point and the joys and the miseries and everything in between, that that's really what life's about. Yes. And I think we're all sitting around the promises of God are about my comfort. Yeah. And what I loved about what you shared this weekend, the promise of God is God. The promise of God is you get God. And sometimes you don't know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And there's something as, as weird as it, as weird as it is to say, there's something precious about learning that truth. Yeah. Because I think there's all these things in life that are really important, but then there's this depth under underneath it. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, let's, let's go this way. For, for people that are hurting right now, and I, I'm, I'm pray, maybe get you to pray with me here in just a moment. Um, are there maybe just a couple of pieces of advice we can give somebody that right now you're just going through a really crappy time? Because you're going through a crappy time, Megan. Mm-hmm. And you would say, this is what I'm learning. This is what I'm doing. And, and this will help you. Yeah. Don't go it alone. Yeah. That's what I would say. So right now, even, you said, well, we'll pray. Let's just do it. I, Lord, I, this person, hopefully if they're driving, they keep their eyes open. But if not, I pray they would even drop to their knees. Oh, Lord, how we need you. Forgive us, Father, for all the times we forgot. And so, Lord, I pray that you would bring comfort in that truth. Right now, would your power be made perfect in their weakness and dependence upon you? Oh, Lord, how we need you. I pray that we would see that that is our best place, our best posture, our strongest place, and our place of hope. Because, Lord, you've made yourself available. We don't just need you. We can have you. And so, Lord, if we are just in a moment, a moment of pain, Lord, I even myself sometimes just sit here. You, we know what it's like, how I'll just sit here and be sad with you. I pray for uh, right now just an honesty mm-hmm. between this listener and you. Even if the honesty, most honest thing they could say is, God, I don't know how to need you, or God, I don't know what to say to you, or God, I don't even want to pray, or God, I'm tired, or God, I pray that they would just finish the sentence in a really authentic way. God, 
Oh. And I pray that they would experience the intimacy with you that, Lord, produces the fruit in us, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, and the self-control, and the self-control, and the self-control. Holy Spirit, we cannot produce these on our own. Aside from you, we can do nothing. So would you produce this in us as we abide in you, as we remain with you, as we open ourselves to you in this moment. And Lord, I pray not just for the person who knows they're broken, but actually also for the person that doesn't. The one that's just totally fine, looking for another jolt of energy. God, we don't just need a jolt. We don't just need inspiration. We don't just need a quote. Lord, we just need more of you. So come, Lord Jesus, open us up. Reveal our pride, lead us to repentance. Would our pride lead us to the cross? Would our pride lead us to the gospel? Lord, would you even use our pride? You'll use all things. Would you use our pride? Break their pride. And ultimately, no matter where we're at, lead us to you. Thank you that we can find you and that the promise is true. Amen. I want to pray too. Father, I pray for Megan and her family. Thank you that she's not parenting alone. She's not walking alone. She is not alone. Thank you for her courage, her vulnerability. All of us can relate to pain, to trial, to difficulties. And thank you for the way that you speak to us through Megan. I pray you'd bless her, bless her family. Holy Spirit, bring comfort. And I too join Megan in prayer. For anybody right now, um, let's just invite his presence in. Father, we love you. May we walk with you and trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.